Hi. This is Andrew Lott. Welcome to another edition of Sadistically Speaking. This is episode 63, The Bears Still Suck. I was meandering through the world news this morning, and it struck me how much horror and death results from people who hate each other for fairly obscure reasons. In Sudan, there's a war going on with the Darfur region that has cost hundreds of thousands of lives. In Myanmar, there have been battles between ethnic groups for years, for example, against the Muslim Rohingya. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but I'm guessing you don't either, so I'm going to go with it. (laughs) And of course, there's also the treatment of the Muslim Uyghurs in China. And from the outside, this all seems silly because you'd have a hard time telling apart who's on whose side unless they wore color-coded outfits. But this is just a continuation of death and hatred between groups of people that seem arbitrarily categorized. For example, there's been a nearly continuous war between the Shiites and Sunnis in the Middle East. Do you know the difference? So both are Islamic groups. They both hold the same beliefs, basically. But they differ on who should have succeeded Muhammad after he died as the religious leader. The Shia thought he had to be related to Muhammad, so they chose a cousin, and the Sunnis believed that the followers should be picked by a religious council, so they picked one of Muhammad's buddies. (laughs) That's why. Of course, both of those people have been dead for centuries because this happened in the 7th century. But hey, why not hold on to a grudge for plenty of bloodbaths that continue to this day? And that, of course, sounds a little like the wonderful Catholic-Protestant divide that led to all those fun wars in European history and continues to split Ireland. I had a Protestant look at me cross-eyed the other day because I am a Catholic. And I'm almost positive that person didn't know the difference between the two groups other than the existence of the Pope. And I'm not that big of a fan of the Pope either. Now, many people point to these horrors and they say that this is why Religion itself is horrible. But hatred between groups of people based on meaningless differences is not caused by religion. Ironically, ironically, it's the result of evolution. Humans are hardwired through evolution to feel attachment to their in-groups, the groups which they belong to, and to hate out-groups, the groups they don't belong to. It doesn't matter if these groups are defined arbitrarily. We've evolved to emotionally define the world by these groups. There have been a buttload of psychology experiments conducted over the years that demonstrate how strong our in-group versus out-group instinct is. Since the early 70s, there's been a slew of studies with children as young as five that demonstrate the effect of belonging to a group affects how we evaluate other people. Now, in these studies, the subjects are usually randomly assigned to a group. For instance, flip a coin. So it's clear the group membership is not based on any attributes you have as a person, but is random. Heads, you're in the blue group. Here's a blue t-shirt. Tails, red t-shirt for you. Now, after a little while being defined as red group or blue group, you actually see a variety of manifestations of an in-group bias. If you ask kids to evaluate 
their classmates on a variety of measures. The kids in the group tend to rate the in-group kids more positively and the ex or sorry, out-group kids more negatively. When it comes to doling out resources, coins or cookies, surprise, more of it goes to people in your in-group. Assigning blame for behavior? Guess what? Red shirt person thinks it's more likely that blue shirt person would commit a bad act. And remember, these groups are all obviously arbitrary. A random coin flip determined my group. And surprisingly, they're all the best people. These consequences occur just by being assigned to a group. But they increase when you actually put the groups in competition or in a situation where there are limited resources. I don't know, like living in the same desert region in Africa? Study after study shows competition enhances your praise for in-group and your dislike for out-group. Also, one of my favorite results is that children with higher self-esteem show even more in-group bias because after all, any group that would have someone like me for a member must be pretty awesome. Donald Trump, anyone? Yes, that's right. All of you self-esteem pushing parents, you are creating little bigots by constantly praising your shitty little mediocre children. By the way, these studies have also been demonstrated in adults. Well, college students. Don't know if you want to call them adults. Uh, there's the famous Stanford prison study, and that demonstrated that students were willing to be violent against their outgroups, even when they knew that the groups were formed at random. Now, this all makes evolutionary sense because our ancestors used to be born into groups of their kin. That is, the people in your geologically defined group tended to share genes with you. So it helped to promote your genes if you were fiercely loyal to your in-group. It also was advantageous to know that the people in your in-group would protect you because they overvalued you as a person because you belonged to their tribe. On the other hand, this means that any other tribe or out-group would also protect their own above any interest of yours. Therefore, distrust or downright hate of outgroups was advantageous of you staying alive and spreading your genes. Ta-da! Natural selection. Now, as wonderful as that was for our ancestors, these factors no longer are relevant in first world countries. We tend not to live in one location with our relatives. In fact, I would advise against it. We all have mixed families and have many ways of defining ourselves by group membership. But our evolutionary heritage is still there. We still develop biases based on group membership, even though they are now disconnected from biology and shared genetics. You're still going to hate your outgroups. You do it every day, Karen. Now, there is a positive side to this in-group bias, and that is that it's a major basis of the wonder of being a sports fan. I grew up in Wisconsin. I've always been a huge fan of the Green Bay Packers. My in-group is Packers fan. 
Now, this is actually silly because none of the players of the Packers are related to me. In fact, no current member of the active roster for the Packers is even from Wisconsin. (laughs) These players just happened to play half of their games in the state I was born in. But I love them. I will live and die for them. One time after a Packers loss, I stripped into my underwear and threw myself into a snowbank hoping to die there. When they won the Super Bowl, I sat in the middle of the street crying tears of joy. Now, on the other hand, I hate the Chicago Bears and Chicago Bear fans and people from the state of Illinois in general. Now, when I say hate them, you will rightly say that I don't actually hate them Like, I wish them harm and pain. And of course, you're wrong. I wish them all the worst deaths possible and curses upon their children and grandchildren. Why? Because they are the obvious outgroup to me. And we're actually in competition for a limited resource. Packers and Bears. Fighting over wins and division titles and world championships. Which the Packers have more of. We have 13, they only have nine, so screw you. And yes, I said we have, even though I wasn't alive for most of them. That's what it means to define yourself as a member of an in-group. To make it more ridiculous, I haven't lived uh, in Wisconsin uh, in years, and in fact, have lived more of my life outside of Wisconsin. Also, three of the Green Bay Packers currently on the roster are from Illinois. It doesn't matter. I get so much enjoyment for having a rooting interest in sports, even if it's completely illogical. Thanks, evolution. Bring on the Olympics, damn it, so I can show illogical nationalism as well. Now, sports is a good thing, but it doesn't take too much insight to see how detrimental this innate in-group bias is in our current state of politics. It's funny, we actually define ourselves as Republicans and Democrats. I've had people say to me, don't tell me you're a Republican. Well, I'm not, because a Republican and Democrats are nouns that define political parties vying for votes. A politician might be a Republican and Democrat. I'm not. Yes, you can officially join each party as a member, but few people actually do. Few people are card-carrying members. It's like asking someone if they're a whole Oreo eater or an open and lick the cream out first Oreo eater, which type of person are you? I don't really want to be defined in terms of my Oreo eating tendency. But why not? It seems as dumb as being defined by what party you might have a tendency to vote for. And isn't it interesting that the early studies on meaningless group assignment in children used red versus blue And now it's one of the ways we define states and counties and people based on their politics. And it's so easy for us to move into assigning positive characteristics to our blue or red in-group and negative ones to our out-group. Plus, we get help. Fox and CNN provide us plenty of ammunition to foment hate of the other group. Social media allows us to select people to interact with on the basis of our in-group no matter where they are. They actually have groups to join to make sure we can reinforce our sense of in-groups and out-groups. And so as a result, 
There's talk of civil war and secession and all of it playing out in our ancient brains evolved for a different time and place. And it's bad enough that we've evolved to be like this. It's worse that companies have evolved to use it against us as part of their profit model. I'm I'm really, do you think that Fox News and CNN and MSNBC and the Daily Wire and the Daily Beast and the New York Times and the New York Post are less devious for feeding on our evolutionary biases than, say, McDonald's is for preying on our evolved preference for fat and sugars from a time when our ancestors, when calories and food were scarce? And the answer is, of course, that those news companies are worse because McDonald's doesn't try to be self-righteous when serving you fries. Our evolved bias for in-groups and bias against out-groups is not changing anytime soon. I haven't even begun to summarize the decades of science showing how strong this tendency is. But that doesn't mean there's no fighting it. So here's a New Year's resolution for you. Do this instead of changing your diet to try to battle the evolved tendency to store fats for coming famines. Here's something else. Instead, do this. Check yourself when joyfully defining yourself as a member of a group, especially groups that have obvious outgroups in competition. Because the resulting biases are going to happen, and they're not a moral failing. They're a predictable consequence of group identity forged through millions of years of evolution. Oh, here's another resolution for you for 2022. Drink more and better tequila. And on that note, pass the tequila out.